Right. Okay. So I'm going to hopefully try and set out a slightly weird scene of where I've gone on my... Oh, thank you, Barney. Better than I. Um, where I've gone on a journey of preparing this. So I'm going to start off with actually expectation. So yesterday I went on a bike ride. It was quite a long bike ride. And when I finished it, I came home and my knees were aching and my bottom was a little bit uncomfortable. So I, my prediction was this morning, it was like, I'll be standing up here going like this. And actually, and that was my prediction. I woke up this morning and went, oh, my legs are all right. I went, oh, but my shoulders, oh, they really ache. So you know, my expectation was sore knees. This morning I got uncomfortable shoulders. So that, I had a slightly different expectation. Now, funnily enough, that's exactly what happened while I was preparing this. Now, I'm going to share, like, lifting the veil of what I do when I prepare for uh, preaching. Now, I don't preach as often as other people, and I don't feel that comfortable doing it always. But the one thing I would say is the most blessed I get is actually preparing the preach. It's just spending time looking at God's word. And actually, I always come back and think, I hope I blessed everyone else because I had a good time preparing it. And that's, that's where I end up. But what I usually is, I'm, I'm a bit of a sort of, I have come up with all some ideas. I'll read some scripture, things. And I'll th- we have a theme at the moment. So we're like, you know, about the Holy Spirit, which is helpful because it kind of gives me some direction. But I started reading a few verses and going, OK, where am I going with this? And the, the verse that I went to um, was in John 14, uh, verse 15 and 17. So I'm going to read it just quickly to you now. And this is, this is where I started, but I'm going to show you the journey I went on, which slightly changed the direction I was going to go. So it says here, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. So this was talking about the Holy Spirit. So he left him as his, and I was like, okay, helper. The way my mind works, I'm thinking, okay, where else does it say that in the Bible? Where else? And I, and I, my mind just went in straight to Genesis of like that time when Eve was given as a helper to Adam. And then this is the way my mind works. It goes very quickly and it kind of runs almost out of control. And I'm like, okay, got to hold on and I'm going to go there. I was then, okay, so maybe I'm going to be talking about, well, you know, Adam and Eve, that's a relationship, marriage. That whole thing of, okay, well, in a marriage, how do you have a good marriage? You need communication. You need to spend time with each other. You need to do this. And I'm thinking, oh, that's where I'm going to go. Maybe that's where I'm going to speak about. Okay, that, you know, that, that whole sort of like looking at actually our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to do similar things, the things that are good for a marriage. As I started preparing for it, I'm guessing God had a different plan. And funnily enough, based on the prophetic words that have been brought this morning, he did have a different plan. Because I'm not going to speak about that at all. So I'm actually going to go back and actually the reason was, the main reason was because I started looking into the background of those verses. Now, we being from England and we always forget sometimes that English was not the main language thousands of years ago. In fact, it didn't exist really thousands of years ago. So when you look at these scriptures, it's sometimes really helpful because our words are pretty, we have different words for everything. Whereas we, and some of our words will be meaning one thing. Whereas if we look back and often in the Greek and Hebrew words, the word that we get, the English word we get, they use the English word and actually, it could have mean, meant a few different Greek words, which had a slightly different nuance. A good example, I'm going to give you an example, because I think this is a helpful one, because I think it, 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 most people know this one. So if you look in John 21, verse 15 to 17, 
And so this is the point after Jesus has died on the cross. And we know that what happened with Peter, the situation with Peter was Peter denied Jesus three times, exactly as Jesus said he would. And he was feeling pretty awful about it. And then Jesus came to be with the disciples. He met with them and he went to talk to Peter specifically. And he was, this was basically him reinstating him and saying, look, I know what happened. In fact, I knew it was going to happen, but that's okay. So I'm going to read it to you if we read it in our English translation, which is when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know, I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Now, when we read that, we're thinking, yeah, what was Jesus getting at? Why did he keep asking him about this love? But if we actually look at the words that were actually used then was... Jesus said the word, which is agape, which meant love. But Simon didn't respond back with the word agape. He responded back with the word filio. And the difference between the two was agape was a fatherly love of God, a huge sort of love, a massive love. Whereas the response he got back was filio, which is a sort of a beloved, dear friend, a close bond of personal affection. So there was a it wasn't, he wasn't replying, I love you the same way. And the reason for this, if you look at this, if you look at these verses, it's really interesting. It's like I read into it. Is the reason he did that was Peter felt ashamed for what he'd done. He was in this place of like, I do love you. You know I love you, but I'm not worthy to, to be loved the way that you love. And it, but Jesus pushed this. He pushed this point and said, no, 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 no. Actually, I need you to to understand that you, this, is, this is dealt with. This is him reinstating him. So again, so this was a good example of a word, which is the same word, being used differently. So to go back, so I've kind of gone round the houses slightly. So if we look now at the, the word that was used in Genesis um, for that helper word was the word Ezer. And it's actually used 21 times in the Old Testament and used to, to actually, and this is really interesting because a lot of people don't like the helper word in Genesis, why the wife put it as a helper, because that doesn't sound, again, our English language isn't very helpful here. Because actually the word is used quite often in, for God in a saviour, rescuer, protector, like God is our help. That's not just someone who stands beside you and helps out a bit, is it? It's, that's a big deal. It's someone who you need beside you all the time. And I think that's really important that that's, that was that word. So I was like, okay, that's obviously the Holy Spirit word. That fits. Okay, it's the same word. Yeah, that, that you know, okay, I'm back to my original. That's okay. But actually it wasn't. The word that, he, the word that was used is, and I can, I'm going to go for this, but it's, Parakinitos, which I'm going to try and do because it's Greek, so I'm going to say it. I got told a long time ago, if you say things confidently and quickly, <laughs> then that, that's right. I'm probably saying it quite badly. But the meaning of that was advocate. And it was used, apparently it was often used in legal context, of like the person who stood as your advocate beside you, somebody who intercesses, mediates, supports witnesses. There's a supporting side of things. It's a, a counsel. And that's, that's a different word. It's a different word that's used. So my whole plan on how my preach was going to go, suddenly I was like, I don't feel that because these words are different, I can just go, okay, I could have, 
I could have pretended that bit and pushed it to one side and carried on with what I originally went with. But I felt God was saying, actually, no, that's not where I want you to go with this. So that's where I ended up. So if we look now, and actually, funnily enough, I've now put the, the NIV translation of John 14. And it actually does not use the word helper. It uses that word advocate. So it says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So it's, it is different. And I think that can be really helpful. Because I think, as I say, it's really helpful. And this is what I get blessed when I prepare a preach, is when we dig into the word and really understand the background. Because there's lots of verses in the Bible that people quote with no context, no things, and say, oh, it's, it, you know, some people go, oh, that's offensive, or I don't like that, and I don't like this. But actually, sometimes we need to look at the bigger picture, you need to look at the original language sometimes, just to help you understand it in more detail. So, there you go, I've rambled about a bit, but now it comes to where I actually want to go. So, it's the Holy Spirit as an advocate. And do you know what? When we're living a spirit-filled life, this is what it's saying, is that we're having the Holy Spirit as our advocate. Now, I had this picture, and I know, I think people have probably heard this before. There's a, there's a very famous sort of picture of a courtroom, and there's a judge, and then there's the person who's accused of all these awful things, and they, you know, the evidence has been presented, the person is guilty, and as the judge goes to preside and say, you're guilty, a man walks in the back of the courtroom and says, no, 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 wait. Put the, put the punishment on me. I'll take it. And he walks up, stands there and goes, and the judge turns around and goes, okay, you're sentenced to death. He goes, okay, and he leaves. And the guy's standing in the dock. But I've done all this wrong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't understand. Whoa, what's going on here? And the people in the court are saying, you know, that's the judge's son. He's just pronounced his death on his son. And that's, that's what we have with Jesus. That's what he did. And God is the judge. And if we look in that courtroom situation, at looking at that advocate, the Holy Spirit is standing next to us going, well, we're standing perplexed, confused. In fact, Eric gave it, that, the word that he gave is like, you know, you don't deserve it. <laughs> we don't deserve it. But what the Holy Spirit can do t- is to remind us of why we deserve it. It's, we don't deserve it, but the reason is it's because of who we are in Christ. If we choose to follow him, then we can have forgiveness. And he's there. And there's the other thing is, I, my picture of the courtroom is, I also see the situation, if you, if you saw that happening, there's bound to be somebody up in the dock shouting, That's a, it's a mistrial, it's outrageous. And we know that Satan, and he does that to us all the time. When, when we come and say, okay, I'm you know, going to accept your forgiveness, Lord, and I'm, you know, I know that Jesus you know, came for me, and I can accept it, Satan's going, yeah, but what you did is not forgivable. He didn't come for you. He came for that person over there because the stuff they did wasn't too bad. But what you've done is not forgivable. And that's what Satan, and again, the Holy Spirit advocate comes beside us and says, that's a lie. It's not true. That situation you're in, it doesn't matter. It's like Jan said, that picture of that cave, that dark cave. It doesn't matter how dark that cave is, the Holy Spirit is taking your hand and leading you towards that light. He's saying, what, Jesus has done it. It's done it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He's done. So it's the Holy Spirit is in the trenches with us. He's there beside us. He's defending us in the courtroom. And Nathan actually spoke a few weeks ago about spirit-led holiness and how the Holy Spirit helps us as a conscience to sort of tell us what's good. 
And I, actually, you know, and, and I think you, we've got to remember these things because Satan's tactics with sin, there's two main things that he uses for us when we're in a situation of sin. And the first one is, it's not a big deal. It's not that bad. You know, it's not, you know, don't worry about it. It, it, and as Nathan said, he mentioned about it, it's often, you know, the first time we have that warning bell, but then something happens multiple times, we kind of desensitize it, or perhaps we justify where we're at. Oh, well, there's a reason for this. And we've got to remind, you know, Nathan reminded us to pursue holiness. And Satan's other tactic, which I think can sometimes be even harder to deal with, is shame. Making us feel like it's too big to deal with that we need to just bury it, we need to run away from God, that God's, it's now, we're unacceptable, because the situation we're in, we're unacceptable. And but the key bit is anything but actually deal with it. And the main issue we can't deal with a lot of these things is sometimes they're in, what my boss at work talks about, the too hard box, is stuff that's just so big so many moving parts that actually you go, do you know what, I'm just, it's too hard. It's too much of an effort. We'll just put it in the too hard box. And actually, it's, that's what we do with these things. We say, actually, do you know what, the, for me to deal with this is too hard. And the whole point of this is the Holy Spirit is saying, yeah, I know. That's why you need me to be involved. That's why you need me to deal with it. You need to, you need to be, as we, again, this morning, those broken chains. The chains need to be broken and we can't break the chains. When you're wrapped up in chains and trying to break them, you can't. Whereas when the Holy Spirit comes on and breaks them, then you have that freedom. So the two, the two areas that really settled on my heart as I was preparing, and areas, um, the two big, big bucket items, which I think people, these are the ones that are the, the big scary ones of like, how do I deal with this because I can't do it on my own? And the one is addiction. You know, and I think, and I want to kind of call out on this, is I think we often look at the big addictions, you know, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, gambling addiction, perhaps pornographic addiction. And there may, often, there may be people here, there may be people you know who've dealt with those or are dealing with or struggling with those things. And they're big. We kind of look at those as big items. But actually, I'm going to share this here, being a bit open. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to anything, but I have a bit of an obsessive personality about things. And I can borderline get addicted to things. And it means that I can get very caught up in something. And suddenly I find it's, I'm spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of sometimes money on that particular thing. And it can get unhealthy. And I say to myself, okay, this isn't... This isn't helpful. This is, this is beyond the norm. And a lot of the things that I'm interested in, or whatever it may be, it might be football, or it might be at the times when I was a bit younger, it was gaming, and things like that. They're not bad in themselves, but when you take it to that level, they're not helpful. And do you know what? I realised I, it's, it was easy for me to miss myself going down that route until it was at the point where it was such a big part of my life, it's much harder to come away from it. You don't notice it when you start doing that thing quite regularly. You don't notice it until, oh my word, I'm doing it regularly, I'm spending money, I'm a bit obsessed with it. And then it's way harder to rip that out of your life and change your life. And funnily enough, I, I've started to see these characteristic, and I, 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 I see it in my sons, my two eldest boys, uh, if you met them, uh, George and Ben. If you met George, if he's not talking about football 
or fishing, I will be surprised. That boy, if he can't be kicking a ball, he's asking me if we can go fishing. And then when I say we can't go fishing now, he goes, well, come and we go down the park and play football. He is so focused. That's what he always wants to do. He loves those things. But, you know, he's seven, so it's a bit different now. But I see that in me and think, oh, my word, I can be like that. He's kind of a part of my personality there because I, I really like going to play football and going fishing. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Those are... Now, my other boy, Ben, is they're, they're chalk and cheese, my two boys. He is he's a bit geeky. He's very into astronomy and the stars and the universe and planets and the other thing he's really into at the moment is geography if you ask him most countries in the world he'll tell you what the capital city is and he's five he's literally he's obsessed with it he watches videos on regions and he we play a game on the way to school and this is no joke and it's not far it's only less than a kilometer to school and he i he, he has to name a let a country of the world for every letter of the alphabet but I don't let him do repeats when we've played it the day before. So if he says Australia, I go, yeah, you had Australia yesterday. Oh, sorry, Daddy, Angola. And I'm not joking. These are the examples of the ones. And he literally... And the ones he gets really annoyed with are X, because there isn't one. So he always goes, oh, Zhejiang. And I was like, what's that? He goes, oh, it's a region in China, Daddy. And that's X. And I'm like, okay. I didn't know that, so... <laughs> but I've given that example because they're, they're young. They're young and it's things that they enjoy and it's not... And you can manage it. And I do sit there and I think to myself, especially with Ben, I know my character and what I was like as a teenager. And I sit there going, I'm not going to let him near a games console. <laughs> I know what I was like. I wanted to play games all the time. And he would... I know his character. He would sit and spend hours in a day doing that. If, if I'm not careful, because that's his character. And I know that's me, and I see that, in, and I'm like, oh, no. But actually, we need to be aware of our characters. We need to be aware of our weaknesses. And my weakness is I can err on getting obsessed with things. So I have to have those checks in place. And, I, and so I'm going to say, like, here you go. Can you listen to these things? And if, these, if you keep trying to spot those things in your life, if you answer these questions in your head, I'm not expecting you to answer out loud, but... Do you get annoyed when you can't do a thing or someone takes you away from it? Do you think about a thing when you're not doing it, like daydreaming about it? And do you feel guilty at times about doing that thing? You know, is the Holy Spirit nudging you and saying, is that really a helpful thing to do? Because actually those, those three questions, if you can think of a thing and the answers to those will kind of tell you whether it's something that's moved from a normal thing into something where it's obsessive and maybe moving towards the addiction. And the problem is then is like dealing with it is, is hard because once you're down that road, it is hard, but we have freedom in the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute because I want to go to the second thing. And this is, this is a big one in unforgiveness. And I, I, I was really, really helpful. I was, this, is, this is something, again, when I prepare for speaking I, I like to look at lots of information and fortunately these days the internet is rubbish for a lot of things but you can get access to brilliant resources and actually I was looking at some information and this was a, a biblical um, definition of forgiveness so biblical forgiveness is the process of forgiving someone or being forgiven as illustrated in the bible forgiveness itself is defined as letting go of sin in the bible this includes forgiving everyone Every time of everything as an act of obedience and gratefulness to God. 
It acknowledges the sacrifice God made through his son Jesus, who died to restore the relationship between God and man. Forgiveness does not mean excusing, forgetting, permitting repetition of the sinful act against you, or guaranteeing reconciliation with the perpetrator. And I, th- I found that really helpful. And I think you can, you can drop it into forgiveness. The biggest thing with forgiveness is the reason we get into an unforgiveness place is it's about letting it go. And that isn't easy if you've been wronged. If you've, something's happened in your life and you've been wronged, letting go of that, you feel, well, hang on, if I let go of it, well, who's going to deal with it? That's, that's the, one of those things. And it, but the problem is, as well, it's the same with ourselves. Because a lot of us don't forgive ourselves. We don't forgive ourselves. We do something bad. And I, well, I can't forgive myself. God's forgiven me. Thank you, Lord. But I'm not going to forgive myself. But actually, it says, it says here, unforgiveness... You can forgive everybody else, but if you don't forgive yourself, you're still not doing what God said you're supposed to do. And this, is, this was something that I found, and this is on a secular website. Because God says we should forgive. And this is something that I think, because he doesn't say stuff. And I think lots of times we, we, you know, people say, oh, the stuff in the Bible, it's about, you know, God doesn't want us to have fun. He doesn't want, you know, he wants to control us. You know, it's about control. And we know as Christians it's about freedom. And I want to share this, because this was something when I read it, I found it quite hard to read because it's a shocker. And if you, if you know what God, God loves us and wants the best for us. So he says, forgive people. Don't hold on to unforgiveness. Now, this is, this is from a counselling website. And it said, various studies have been carrying out which show that unforgiveness can lead to health issues, including suppressed anger. People who often get angry for any reason typically have issues associated with forgiveness. Low self-esteem, lack of self-love stems from not forgiving yourself and self-acceptance. Bitterness, which can increase the risk of depression. Constant worrying can increase the risk of sleep deprivation and anxiety. And that, that, you kind of, okay, that we associate with the mental side of things. But these last couple, risk of higher blood pressure, increased risk of heart disease, According to some research, 61% of cancer patients also had forgiveness issues. That's scary, isn't it? When you look at that, that this is, but that's why God says we should do it. He loves us. He says, this isn't healthy for you. This is not healthy for your mind, for your spirit, for your body. This is, he knows us. He doesn't say it because he wants us to have a, you know, a life where we're, 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 kept from doing things no he wants us to have freedom he loves us he says i know what this will do to you i don't want you to be in it and it's but it shouldn't you know it can be astonishing when we see that but as i say we're called to forgive including ourselves how can we spot unforgiveness in ourselves? do you have people you won't interact with because of your history with them do you feel you have, what you have done means God can't forgive you or that you deserve to be punished? Those are two big ones. You know, we, you know, we were talking back earlier, and it's like that, that, the courtroom. When we look at Jesus taking everything for us, there's, some, there's something in us. We, we, we're, you know, we're made in the image of God, and God is the judge. And we, we kind of go into that mode of like, actually, no, we, we feel someone should be taking the blame. And it's so 
out of our mind, we can't quite comprehend the fact that Jesus takes it all. There are times we slip into a place where we'll, we'll let him forgive us for most of it, but I'm going to hold on to these bits because I need to be punished a bit because I'm not good. But actually, that's not what Jesus and God say. That's not what we're called to do. So we're going back to our, you know, our, our title of what does a spirit-filled life look like? First and foremost, we need to wake up and be more aware of sin on our lives. Be asking ourselves questions. Are there things that are, are hurting us? And actually, you know, those sins of not forgiveness, we sometimes think of it as actually, you know, oh, actually, it's stuff I'm dealing with because someone hurt me, so it's not really my sin. But actually, that's not, that's not what God says. Unforgiveness is a sin. If you're struggling with addiction or unforgiveness, you may feel you cannot get out of it. It's too daunting. It's way too hard. You have a deep anxiety that maybe the resources you've got at your disposal are not enough to deal with the power of sin in your life. And if we look at sin, it can feel an insurmountable problem. And if we're going to deal with it on our own, yeah. Yes. That's actually truth. You know, if you want to try and deal with a lot of these things on our own, that, that's, that's the, the fact of it. But then if we look at sin through God's eyes, how he sees sin, and he sees sin, which I, did, I found this again example, is of a weed planted in sand. Now, I know quite a few of you are gardeners. Now, I, my garden's a bit of a mess at times, but I, it's quite solid ground and pulling weeds up is quite hard work. But there's a certain bit in my garden that's quite sandy. And if anything's growing there, the kids pull it up most of the time because it's just so easy. You just grab hold of it and the roots, they're just sitting in the... It comes out like that. You pick it up, you get, oh, okay, chuck it away. That's how God sees it. That he can just pick up and deal with it. So we need to be willing to listen to the advocate, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is telling us all the time, let's deal with it. The power of the Holy Spirit can break through in this situation. Living a spirit-filled life in this situation is listening to the Holy Spirit's promptings of when there are things we need to deal with, but then acting and, and saying, yeah, it is too hard for me, I'll come to you. We've been given this advocate who wants to come and help us. He wants to remind us about who we are, that we are forgiven that we can break through in these situations. This is the truth of the, our mind in, when we are in unforgiveness and addiction and other sin as well. I've, you know, those are two that I've focused on. Is that the, you know, the Holy Spirit will come along and he will not only prompt, maybe this is an issue, but he will also give that, that direction out of it. Of actually, he can change our lives. If we say, okay, I, you know, I trust you and I'm going to go into, down this road. I'm gonna, you know, I want to deal with this in my life. And God's like, great, let's deal with this. But I want to encourage you as well that God doesn't want you to go this alone, you and the Holy Spirit as well. There's nothing wrong with coming alongside other people beside you. You know, if you look at, you know, there are many organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that, where actually, again, we go back to this thing is God designed us to be a family as a church. He doesn't expect us to be out there on our own fighting the battle. He's there. He is enough for us. But he knows that actually we can be encouraged by people beside us. So if there are places in your life where you're saying, do you know what, I'm struggling. I'm, these are areas that you, you've flagged it. Yeah, I want to deal with it, but I don't feel like I can deal with this on my own. 
And even if I bring the Holy Spirit and I know I'm going to be struggling, there are people who'd love to support you, to stand beside you and remind you of the truth. And I think this is really helpful is when the Holy Spirit says things, when we're in a good place, we listen to what he's saying and we are encouraged by it and built up. When we're in struggling, when the Holy Spirit says stuff to sometimes our ears are closed. We go, oh, no, yeah, no, but you can't mean it for me. And actually what we sometimes need is someone next to us, someone who gets alongside us and encourages us and says, do you know what? What does it say in the Bible? What does Jesus say about it? What does the Holy Spirit say? He says, you are forgiven. What you've done, yeah, it's tough and it's not good, but you're forgiven. It doesn't matter. God doesn't see sin as a gradient. He sees it as sin or not sin. <laughs> little things, big things, same. He says he can deal with the little, pull the weed up. And it's not like, okay, but he's trying to pull up an oak tree. No, it's not. In God's eyes, it's just another weed. And it's really important we remember that when we're dealing with it. So I was really encouraged this morning. As I say, I went on a journey with my, my, spe- my preach. And it was, I started in one place where I thought I was going to be. And I came to somewhere very different. But what I'm always encouraged is it, we're speaking about the Holy Spirit. And he spoke quite clearly to a number of people who came up and shared before me. And as they were sharing, I was sitting there going, okay, I get why you changed what you wanted me to talk about. I get that you wanted to make a change because you want to deal with some stuff here. And I I really want to take a little bit of time now to actually give people a chance to just say, okay, are these things, ask those questions in your life, are there things you need to deal with? And I I, I got a sense of the, the, as I say, the addiction and unforgiveness were the two that really dropped on me. I don't know if those, you might be sitting there thinking, okay, that doesn't have any bearing on me, it's not me. That's great. Jesus still loves you, just because you're... But equally, those things might be significant in your life at the moment. You might be living... And that that unforgiveness route, I really got that sense of seeing if that route is in you, and it can be for a long time ago, it's never helping you. You're always struggling with that. It's always there in the background. And and I just say this, I've had a few situations in my life, and I realised that, actually, when I let go of it, and I had to... It was like years later, realising... I thought I'd dealt with it, but I hadn't really made a choice to say, actually, if I saw that person again, or if I, you know, and saw them, how would I feel? And actually, I would, be, would have been like, oh, no, they, they, they wronged me, and I would be, it would all come back up. And actually, realising that actually I just, I hadn't dealt with it, I just pushed it down and put it somewhere. Oh, it's convenient. If I don't see that person, I didn't need to worry about it. So I just want to take just a couple of minutes now, just to, just to give you a chance, just to, Listen to what God's prompting is for you. He loves you and he wants you to be in a place of freedom. Whatever that sin is, the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you, be your advocate. Amen.